This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. We are going to have a very interesting episode, and I'm thrilled about today's guest. He is working as an assistant professor at the Department of Global Public Health Sciences at Karolinska Institute in Sweden. He leads research focusing on links between physical activity and inactivity and mental health. He is an associate editor of Scientific Journal of Mental Health and Physical Activity. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Dr. Mats Halkren. Welcome, Mats, and thanks for taking time for this podcast. Hi, Ali. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Mats, what kind of research you are doing at the moment? So... As you mentioned uh, in your introduction, my research focuses broadly on links between physical activity, inactivity, namely sedentary behavior, and Mm. associations with mental health. And I'm involved in both observational studies, so using register-based data from Sweden, and also experimental studies looking at the effects of interventions, exercise interventions on mental health. At the moment in the world, there is a coronavirus pandemic and there are drastic measures to limit the pandemic. How do you see that this will will affect the mental health? Well, that's the million-dollar question. And I think we're going to see a rapid uh, increase in, in research on this. And that research hasn't, hasn't come out yet. So... Um, but um, speaking as a as a layman and a psychologist from the start, I think clearly this is having detrimental effects on people's mental health on different levels. Obviously, some people have lost their jobs. People, for example, working in hospitality, people working in um, in healthcare who are highly stressed. And look what's happened in Italy with many physicians um, contracting COVID and, and actually dying. I mean, it's tragic. So, uh, and then of course you have people who are self-isolating, which is recommended at the moment, myself included. Um, and that has potential detrimental effects on mental, on mental health because we are being taken away from usual social contexts from, from colleagues at work and perhaps spending less time with family and friends, which is, um, which is rewarding to us. Um, and provides support and reduces the the likelihood that we'll feel sad and sad and anxious. So I think on multiple levels, this um, uh, this this incident that's going on is going to affect people people's mental health. Yeah. Mm. And how how do you see the especially the elderly people? They are over seventy year old have been considered as a risk group and they should be really really limit limit social contacts do you see Mm. that there will be a a loneliness epidemic among elderly people 
Yeah, well, th this is a, a good point. Um, so what we know is that we see a couple of um, peaks in depression and one of them across the lifespan and one of those peaks actually is amongst people who are elderly, especially those, say, around 75 plus. It depends on the individual study you're looking at. And that can be linked to health problems, but also to isolation and feeling uh, disconnected and alone. You know, when when people's usual contacts start to disappear because people have uh, died or moved away, um, maybe their their family has uh, their own family now, etc. That can have that can bring about sadness and loneliness. Um, and now those situations are exacerbated further for many people. So, I think. Um, I think definitely amongst uh, amongst the elderly, we, we have a, a high risk group there that we should be thinking about carefully what we can do to to minimise the impacts of the COVID um, situation on their uh, on their, their mental health and their physical health. Mm. And and how do you see that uh, elderly people are? I think quite often also quite sedentary. And how do you see now that their movement is limited even more? How do you see mm. that, that will affect also the mental health? Yeah, so physical activity tends to decline with age on average. Um, and the elderly, let's, let's, for argument's sake, call the elderly 65 plus. It's a bit arbitrary, but mm. um, um, so we know that they're a group who are uh, quite physically inactive on average. Of course, there are, there are people who are 80 who are highly active. Um, I think it's, it's only likely to, uh, to increase their inactivity levels further if people feel more housebound, um, and are invited out less, uh, and are being told by public health agencies, um, and on the news and so on to, stay indoors as much as possible. I mean, that's really the message at the moment, isn't it? Stay inside, mm. avoid avoid contact with other people. So it's a clear message and it will keep people inside more and very likely reduce their physical activity levels. So what's that going to do to, to people's mental health? Well, um, study after study has shown links between uh, average levels of physical activity and mental health. So the, le the less active people are, the poorer their mental health tends to be, even when you you control for other factors that can affect mental health. It's a, a quite strong predictor. Um, so I think um, the physical activity uh, combined with or compounding, compounded by the social isolation will have detrimental effects on on people's mental health. And I think we need to quickly get messages out there. Health organizations locally and um, nationally need to get messages out there, practical messages on how people can change their, their daily life structure or routines to minimize those impacts. Um, how might that look? Well, mm. for, <laughs> that's, the, that's the question. So I think having a routine um, speaking to people uh, on, on the phone through Skype, using social media to remain connected with people um, and um, having 
as much as possible strict movement routines is, is very important. So a simple message there is just sit less, move more, more often, have regular breaks from extended sitting. Um, as we talked about previously, especially um, extended sedentary behaviors that are mentally passive and so on. I think that um, if we can get those messages across to people, they might be helpful. Yeah, and, and how, how would you do that? For example, I think in the UK now, the government rule is that you are allowed to go outside once per day mm. for the for the exercises and you are not allowed to go more than more than once for that and and then you might have a small apartment how would you do the activity in this this very very different and difficult situation yeah okay so yeah, I think at the moment in different parts of the, the EU, if we're talking about the EU, the, the rules or the guidelines are a bit different um, in different countries. But uh, so if you're only able to go out or if it's only recommended that you go out once a day, then one way to, to make the most of that time would be to have a brisk, um, moderate walk of 30 minutes or more, for example. So then you would be getting some of the recommended moderate to vigorous physical activity that we want people to do each day or at least every other day um, to reduce uh, the risk of poor somatic health. Um, but there's a lot of things that people can do at home as well. We know, for example, that yoga-based yoga exercise uh, has hormonal effects and has positive effects on, on mood and anxiety. And that's something that can be done relatively easily uh, at home. So that's one option. Um, people could also do things like um, skipping, stretching, uh, body weight exercises. Um, there's, no, there's no end to the variety of exercises people can do with, with, with their, their own bodies. Um, and there's lots of uh, good videos on the internet as well to guide some of this. So I think People need to be a little bit resourceful at the moment, think a little bit laterally about how to how to move more and sit less for these um, long days if they're at home. But it is definitely possible. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think many times quite many people don't have the motivation even or they, they don't get to do it even when there's exercise facilities open and you can go freely outside in nature. Uh, do you think that the being isolated at home would cause anxiety and then people would actually start looking for ways to relieve this anxiety through through maybe physical activity? Yes, I think so. I, I think the whole scenario is making people anxious, not just because they're homebound, but because people are worried about contracting the virus and getting sick, of course. So I think in, in different ways, anxiety levels are rising. And this is purely from my own observation, but I can sense that with people when I'm out. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've had this experience yourself, but people seem a little bit more on edge. Um, so I, th I think if, if we start measuring that, we would see that anxiety levels have likely risen since this began, not surprisingly. Uh, and people will probably deal with that in different ways. Unfortunately, some people will deal with it by... Perhaps um, 
taking drugs, uh, drinking alcohol, things things like that. Um, there'll be some people that find that that's a solution. Um, but what we want, of course, are healthy healthy ways to positive ways to to deal with 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 anxiety that occurs in situations like this. And exercise is a great way to reduce anxiety um, acutely. Uh, I, I do think that. You know, people also need to put it in put the situation in some perspective and and remind themselves that there are ways to keep active even if you are largely home homebound, um, and that the situation will likely pass with time. I say that as a, a complete layperson, <laughs> but that's my hope and that's that's my expectation. So I think with some with some self-discipline and routine and structure, it is possible to to remain quite active and reduce sedentary behaviour, even when you're homebound. But it does require a bit more initiative and a bit of lateral thinking in terms of what activity you do. One thing that can be very useful is, is telling other people, telling a friend, a relative that you want to be more active during the day and trying to get some support or encouragement from someone that's near you. We know from other studies of, of exercise that that can be a, a great way to, to increase physical activities when you have social support. And indeed, I was involved in a study uh, a few years ago where we found that levels of social support at the start of a, tr a treatment uh, study for depression predicted um, the reduction in depression severity over time. So. Social support is good for exercise adherence and it's good for um, our mental health. So that's a, um, that's a potential strategy to increase exercise during this time. Mm. And it, it also is difficult because I think for many people, the social, social part of the exercise session in, in, in the gym or, or somewhere has probably been important motivator to keep doing and now we are asked to socially isolate so how how would you do this this social part in this this situation mm. there's probably a few different alternatives one thing that you could do is um you could uh use the internet and look for videos where even though you're not part of a group that's training you're watching a group that's training so that might be one strategy. Uh, another strategy might be to, um, uh, to, to call someone and uh, tell them that you're going to exercise and agree to exercise at the same time, even if you're located in different places. This could work. I, th I think it, it's tricky. That's the bottom line. I know what you mean. People are used to training at gyms, having a very different routine, which is which is rewarding. You know, be behaviors tend to be perpetuated by environmental consequences. And if you go to a gym normally and you're rewarded by that environment, um, including the social aspect of that environment, and that's suddenly taken away, then there's potentially less rewards associated with exercise. But still, I think, of course, it's possible uh, and I think if we bear in mind that this is likely a temporary situation, 
hopefully people will, will find a way to um, to continue their routines anyway with some adaptation until it's uh, until it's passed. Mm. This podcast is sponsored by Fibian. Fibian is an accurate sitting and physical activity tracking device and analysis platform. It is a great tool for projects that aim for behavior change in sedentary behavior and incidental physical activity. Fibian provides easy-to-understand PDF and web browser reports for participants. Other features include comparisons to recommendations, linking results to health risks, achievement cards, and interactive goal-setting tool. In addition, Fibian provides an API that allows for easy integration to other systems and applications. Learn more about Fibian at fibian.com research. Fibian, from researchers to researchers. And how do you see the anxiety probably from this situation? We really don't know how long this will last. That I think in the UK, the restriction for the risk groups was that you need to stay stay home for three months. And it's already quite a long time. And, and now I saw to Finland the prediction that it would take about five to six months to get kind of that the peak is after two and a half months and then going down you are you're in the same level of infections in in about five to six months so this is is going to be quite long but people don't know how do you think they will they will feel and how to cope with the situation mm. you know Oli, I, I, i'm only guessing uh i just i don't know but certainly i think people will feel and are feeling more anxious that's that's really obvious so I think connecting as much as possible with friends um, through uh, through telephone, through social media plays a role. Um, I know that uh, my local gym, for example, is now just starting to offer online classes, uh, which which are live. So you can actually log into um, to some exercise classes uh, online. At my work, we're also doing some live uh, live meetings, so we have a semi regular contact with it, with each other through through that context. Uh, so maybe some of those online electronic um, mediums will help reduce people's anxiety somewhat. But it's difficult. I mean, it's we don't. It's an uncertainty, isn't it? And three, as you say, three to five months is a long time. I think what remains to be seen yet is is whether or not we'll be told to stay at home for that time, or if if we'll gradually go back to work and have um, increasing work hours again over the next three to five months. I don't know how that's going to how that's going to look. Yeah, uh, yeah, we we definitely don't know. Do you have any any idea? Like, there's probably some kind of slope or curve that people kind of. Uh, are now getting used to the new situation they probably get kind of used then there's some kind of getting annoyed again or some kind of reactions and do you think there's some examples that we could take take from for example if there's a traumatic experience how does mm. the slope go in there or, or something like can we can we have some guesstimate how yeah. it will go yeah that's a clever that's a sp- a smart analogy. Uh, if you think about 
grief. I don't know if grief is, is really the right analogy here, but it's, it's some mm. kind of, it's a, it's a marked negative change that has occurred quite suddenly, isn't it? So maybe there's some parallels between this and a sort of grief reaction. Uh, so people go through a period of, of adjustments of feeling, um, awful for a period of time and then slowly lift out of it. So with some luck, um, we'll see a similar trend where there might be an initial increase in anxiety, people feeling sad, more cases of, um, clinical depression and so on. But then slowly over time, people find a way to, uh, to live with it. Temp at least temporarily, and that uh, we see a return to what we might call baseline levels. So um, I, I have colleagues uh, in the UK at the moment. Um, Lee Smith is one of them who, who I think are starting to, uh, to study this or trying to um, uh, get trials, go studies going where they can monitor these, uh, some of these changes over time. So it'll be interesting, mm. to, interesting to see data come out from those sorts of studies. Yeah, have you yourself taught any any studies? I think it could be very interesting. People people have now different amounts of sedentary behavior, and probably it's it is causing anxiety and different kind of uh, signs of depression. For example, have you have you planned any data collection? Well, yeah, it's a good question. So just now, actually, I've, I've had some brief discussions with, with my colleagues in the UK, Lee Smith, Brendan Stubbs, and some others, and I've um, had a look at their questionnaire, what they're proposing to do, and we're trying to find a way to implement something similar here. So we have, we're, we're thinking about an online uh, survey where we ask people about their mental health, uh, and also, among other things, their their physical activity levels, their exercise habits and their sedentary behavior habits and so on, and seeing how those change uh, during and then uh, later on after um, the COVID-19 COVID uh, pandemic. So we'll see how that goes. But the, the goal there is to try to get surveys running in parallel in several different um EU member states and to to ask the the right questions during and then after the um, the episodes or perhaps uh, a couple of times and see see the trend how um, how mental health has changed and uh, what what factors have are linked to the changes in mental health as a consequence of this uh, of this situation so that's going on at the moment yeah mm, yeah I think it's it's a uh, it's a good opportunity if you can say that to collect some some special data at the moment and and how do you see like this this millions of children now out of schools and learning at home with with much less contact with friends and with much less hobbies how do you see this affecting children mm. Yeah, so I think we might see similar uh, sorts of impacts with, with kids. I, I think when children go to school, of course, they have structure, they have routine. Uh, sport and exercise is a big part of most school curriculums. So we would very likely see changes in their activity patterns as well. 
And again, it's a question mark as to what effects that will be having on their mental health. I think it's it's not easy, is it? I mean, if you know, if you're a parent and your children are at home, it means that you're forced to stop working as well. So that has financial consequences. It means more stress in the potentially at home. Um, and children want to be out doing things. They want to be, most kids want to be social. Um, so if there's restrictions on those, those behaviors, then I think it will make them feel bad. So it's important to monitor that as well and to try to think of innovative ways that we can keep kids sane and happy during this period. Yeah. Yeah, and how, how how do you think it will affect their learning if they are more sedentary? Uh, probably they they will be more sedentary because the parents are taking looking after them, and there's no kind of the breaks outside as regularly as in the school. And there's a quite a quite a strong relationship between learning and physical activity. How do you see mm. the effect on learning? Yeah, so I, th I think the whole scenario would be affecting kids' learning. I think it's not just about being more inactive. Uh, I think it's the, the perceived stress and, and worry and anxiety that's linked to what's happening that would affect their concentration and, and learning potentially. But just thinking about the movement aspects, so we know that um, even short bouts of, of exercise Um, which can affect blood flow um, and concentration and, and learning. There's lots of studies which have examined those links. And um, um, people who exercise regularly, there tends to be an association with better um, some measures of uh, work performance. And uh, I think there was a study also showing links with um, some intelligence tests. So the connection between movement and, uh, uh, and learning is... Um, Is quite strong. So to answer your question, I, th I think um, if kids are at home and they're less active and they're more sedentary, it would mean potentially that um, uh, that their their learning is uh, slowed or delayed, at least temporarily during this time. I don't know what effects that will have long term, um, but uh, that's how I see it at the moment. Yeah. Yes, and and you mentioned about the stress and anxiety of of this situation in in children. How how do you see the role of parents? How should they be telling about this situation to kids and how they could relieve this uh, stress and anxiety? Mm. Yeah, um, this is probably starting to stretch a little beyond my um, beyond my expertise. So. I'm speaking now more as a lay person, uh, if that's okay. Yeah. But you know, I think obviously, I think honesty is is a good strategy from the start. To be clear about what's happening in in the world, and not to um, exaggerate the the situation either. So to be honest about the potential risks, but not to um, exaggerate it either, so that we create unnecessary paranoia in children. I think that's important. Um, and, um, I think also kids respond pretty well to structure and routine. So trying to create some sort of, um, routine that they can follow, even if they're uh, away from school, I think is very important. 
and that should involve um, structured learning and regular breaks from learning during the day and some physical activity. So trying to emulate um, or, or mimic to some extent what they might do at school, that's very hard, of course, but I, th I think that might help um, to, to reduce, their, uh, reduce their anxiety and stress. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by Fibion. Uh, my name is Dr. Paul Batman, and I'd like to just say a few words about Fibion. Um, I've used it a number of times on different projects that I've been involved in and find that it's incredibly reliable, very valid, and incredibly sturdy. I, I love the graphics that come with it. It really is very clear and can easily see the active and inactive periods as well. So I'd certainly recommend Fibion to anyone that's interested in finding out more about sedentary behaviour, particularly the concept of sitting and how we can possibly break it up with some really good, valid information. And what do you think after after this is over? What do you think that are the good things that we we learned from from this, or or what are the positive sides that this could bring? What what are your thoughts, speculations? Oh gosh. Uh, well, I think so. Thinking about it with a researcher hat. Uh, I think it will draw it will draw attention to links between um, social support and mental health. I think it will certainly do that. I think it will also highlight even further um, relationships, the strong relationships that exist between movement and mental health. I think we're likely to see that reinforced through this. But you know, I mean, there's there's tragic things happening at the moment with this whole scenario. So it's inherently bad in in, in a sense, isn't it? Mm. Uh, there's some awful things occurring. Yeah. But um, I think you know, humans are resourceful and resilient, um, and, and I think um, we'll climb climb our way through this, and um, uh, and, and people will learn. I think. Uh, a little bit about um, um, the importance of, of bonds, of um, friendships, relationships. Perhaps we'll, we'll think more about how important uh, our work is, even if we, we sometimes don't enjoy it, um, mm. th things like that. So, um, and, um, you know, sometimes I think we, uh, we don't like the routines we have, but they, they serve an important purpose in making us um, feel good. So I, th I think uh, I think there are some positive things that will come of it. Yes. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting kind of thinking. It that what what would it be? I think one way of thinking is could be that because many things are taken away, so we might learn that what's what's important in life for us or our happiness that we kind of because it's. It's taken away. We will notice that oh, it is actually important the the workplace or or the relatives or whatever it is. Mm, exactly. Yeah, some things that we uh, take for granted, uh, we might appreciate a bit more. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And what what would you be your uh, concluding remarks related to this this situation? Yeah. So I think the message I like to give to people is um is stay connected stay connected to your family to your, to your close friends um 
follow the um, follow the guidelines that are issued by the health authorities. I think that's very important. I mean, it's clear there's a group of people out there who are not doing that. So that's that's obviously uh, necessary. Um, and um, try to think laterally. Come up with new ways to to continue your exercise routines, uh, and try not to fall in to the to the easy habit or pattern of becoming highly sedentary during this time if you're at home. Um, develop a structure and try to stick to it. Try to become disciplined in that sense. I think you know there's a lot to be said for just being disciplined at times like this. Yeah. And then you said that some people are not obeying the rules or regulations. I think it's quite difficult situation because for many young people, it, it's the risk is is quite low. That even if you get it, it doesn't make a big difference. And you just one person. You don't. Some people might feel that you are not making a big difference, but it's it's about volumes. How how do you think the message should be? formalize that people kind of take that everybody is taking responsibility to stop this or or low, slow down the the pandemic mm. i think if that mess it's a you know i think if that message comes from multiple domains if it comes from public health agencies from politicians and from parents to you know towards children i think if if we get the same message repeated from different um authorities or different um figures then that's more likely to be successful um what form it should take you know i don't know exactly but um there's a lot of messages on the television on in the media from the world health organization etc that are giving the message about the importance to sort of think globally but act act locally if you know what i mean so Thinking about the, um, um, it's it's a bit analogous in a way to you know the issues with the environment. Um, you can think that oh well, it doesn't matter if I don't recycle. I'm just one one person who cares. Um, but um, it's it's individual behaviour that makes up the um, total behaviour, isn't it? So uh, everyone counts. Everyone matters. Yeah, I think that's a very good message in the end think globally act act locally so thanks a lot for taking the time time to be a guest in this podcast it was very interesting and important discussions thanks ollie i agree it's a pleasure this podcast is sponsored by fibian get scientific validation and learn more about fibian at fibian.com slash research the Physical Activity Researcher podcast has created an activity tracker purchase guide for researchers. Get your free copy from the link in the podcast description. Thank you for listening to the Physical Activity Researcher podcast.